Okay, we're going to take our Bibles and we have, uh, speaking of a contest, have another little contest here. Uh, Joseph is going to come up and either read or provide us readers. Listen carefully. We just have a few short verses, but we're looking for a common word, which will be the uh, subject of our little meditation this morning. Common word, common thought. Where's my I don't where's. Oh, there he is. Okay, Joseph. Okay. Uh, Reading from first John one four. I'm sorry, John one four. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. John 3.19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. John 8.12, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That's uh, John 12.46. I have come into the world as a light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Okay, thank you, Joseph. I'm sure we've got our word. Yes, I see some affirmations. The word or the theme is light. Very good, very good. Okay. I want to say before I begin here, we have just a very short meditation. It's kind of topical this morning. Um, Seasonal as well. Um, And I have uh, had a a great time contemplating this subject in the scripture. So I have just a few pictures to open up and then we're just going to look at it. Um, Jason, you can go ahead and uh, start that. But I want to say that I've had a tremendous received a tremendous blessing in looking at this scriptures, at this theme uh, throughout the word of God. And of course, it, it goes beyond these few pictures. It's it's a, a as I said, a seasonal type of thing, because <clears throat> sometimes we refer or we uh, generally it's referred to this time of year as a season of light. Now, that's, of course, not. Commercialism doesn't say that this is what commercialism says, right? Uh, We try to match up what God has provided in his word. And um, even Mickey Mouse or even Disney World gets into, oh, here's something. This is natural. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I've never been up there to witness this northern. And I think there's southern lights referred to it. These are some pictures of Aurora Borealis. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, but uh, this is natural. This is not man-made. It's wonderful from what I'm told. I have never seen it. I'd like to. I'd like to visit and see. I think there's going to be even, I found, you know, I've, I've only seen it on the Internet, right? Uh, and, and I'm sure pictures don't do it justice. This is NASA shots uh, from space that show us about this natural light that God has provided in the world in which we live. And... Then there's also this is a theme. uh, This is a park. I think it's called the seventh natural wonder of the world. I've never been there either. And then there's the natural type of light displays that God uh, provides for us here. But we want to say, as uh, we've already heard from Isaiah 40, that who will compare will will you compare God with? What likeness will you compare him to? So 
when we when it comes to the uh, the study of lights, God, of course, is referred to in the scripture as the father of lights. And I take that uh, to mean it's used in the plural, the father of not just the father of light, but the father of lights. And uh, that's light in all its forms, the light of the natural world, the sun, the moon, the stars. Right. God made two great lights. He made the stars also. We've been hearing the last few weeks of the not only the billions of stars, but galaxies as well. And then the Lord just says in five words, he made the stars also. Then there's the light of reason and conscience, right, that we all possess in some way or another. The light of God's word. We're going to consider that this morning. The light of prophecy and the light of the gospel shining throughout the whole world and the light of the Holy Ghost in our hearts. And then we have the light of the heavenly city coming uh, for what is the best is yet to come for the believer. And of course, God is the father of them all and the source and the fountain of light. The scripture says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So why is it referred to as a season of light this time of year? Well, if we were to turn to Matthew chapter four, we would see that when the Lord Jesus came here and walked among the sons of men, We read that it was a fulfillment of a prophecy in Isaiah chapter nine, where uh, the Messiah would come and he would be uh, he would. In fact, it's almost necessary to look at it, but he would be a a light to them that sit in darkness. The uh, I the the prophet says there in in chapter eight of Isaiah, there's uh, trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish and so forth. And people will be driven to darkness. But then when the Messiah comes in, I think most of us are familiar with the uh, announcement of the name of our Lord Jesus unto us. A child is born and so forth. But that comes in the in the beginning of chapter nine, where we read that uh, uh there will be a light. He's going to give light to the people that sit in darkness. They will see this great light. And that, of course, is fulfilled in Matthew chapter four. And then we noticed uh, the effect, if if we were listening there in part to the, the, the effect that light, that very light that came into the world had on individuals in John chapter one. Um uh, we, we heard in him was life and the life was the light of men. And then it says the light shined in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. But bless God, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. Now, this is this is very encouraging because when light came into the world, this is this is a momentous event. And I trust if we forget everything else, we just remember the momentous event What happened? I I trust to expand on that in just a few minutes here of what took place. Uh, The uh, light had come into the world. Now, John the Baptist was not that light. He was a reflection of that light. And you and I, as as believers, can be like that faithful witness in the sky. Right. Uh, One of the Psalms, I think it's 70 something, talks about the moon being the faithful witness in the sky. And that reflects the sunlight. Well, you and I that know the Lord Jesus can be just like that as we go out and about in life and be a faithful witness uh, of our God, of our uh, one that called us to himself, that shined in our hearts. But uh, John was not that light. But he uh, bear witness to one who is the true light. And I know you know this, but listen to this. That true light gives light 
to everyone that enters into the world. Now you say, well, wait a minute. We have got some notorious criminals in this world, and you're telling me that God has given them light? Well, the scripture says he gives light to everyone that comes into the world. Now, what they do with that light, of course, is up to them. Now, you remember, uh, if we can look in the scripture, we can we can look everywhere. But Paul was one that received light. Remember, uh, he was on the Damascus Road and, and, and the Bible says that he saw a light above the brightness of the sun. Think about that phrase. He saw a light. Now, you and I are, are advised and rightfully so. Don't look at the sun. I remember as a child, um, we had some sort of science experiment where I could go and sit in a cardboard box and I would put a little pinhole in the back and I could watch an eclipse. I'm sitting in the box. And the sun is shining and the moon or whatever is happening in an eclipse. And I can see it happening on that little pinhole on the other side of the box. Well, we're advised not to turn and look into the sun. But Paul said, I saw a light above the brightness of the sun. Now, when I looked into that, I found out this. Now, the Internet, of course, gives all kind of information. But there's uh, something somewhere that says astronomers have discovered that a the most luminous star ever found. Listen to this. 10 million times above that of the sun. Now, that doesn't make sense to my mind how that could be. But we know the, the, the testimony of Scripture. And I, we're going to build on this as we go along in the, the, the consideration of light. Uh, Paul said, I saw a light above the brightness of the sun. And, and what's amazing about that, right? He, he not only was a light in that dark. Uh, later on, he was a light in that dark cell. And that jailer came in, right? He, he called for a light. And then he received spiritual light. Well, <clears throat> anyway, we can go on and on about those that that uh, have discovered the light of the world, as we, our last slide showed us with the Lord Jesus. And then what we read, I am the light of the world. But, you know, you think about light in general. I remember uh, many years ago we were, went to what they call, I think it was the Thomas Edison Museum. And you can see the uh, the advance of the lighting industry, how it started and where it is now. Uh, I, I'm really not in that field at all. I do uh, dabble here and there because of maintenance. But, you know, the lighting industry has changed immensely. You know, the old screw-in bulbs that we have, they're going in, you know, uh, by the wayside, right? Incandescent. Bye-bye, Mr. Edison. Now we have other things that are far better, better light and so forth and so on. But it reminds us, does it not, if you know the Lord Jesus... You can say with that one of old that wrote, I don't know who it was, but I remember learning the song as a child. I wandered aimless, life full of sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a like the Savior in the night, like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. And so it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to be enlightened. And I, I, again, we're going to build on this. And it's hard to believe what we can come up with when we consider this. But from the beginning of Scripture, Genesis chapter one, until the end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, you have light, right? When God caused light to shine out of darkness, let there be light. Have you ever noticed? I'm sure you have. You have, right? That God said, let there be light, but the sun and the moon weren't created until four days later, right? How could there be? How could it be? Well, because God is light. Let there be. I don't know exactly how that happened, but it did. God is light and him is no darkness at all. And then we come to the, to the heavenly city, which you and I, if you know Christ as Savior, will be a part of. 
And it said the city had no seen of the sun, no need of the sun, neither of the moon, for the Lord God giveth them light, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So we have a lot to look forward to about this when it comes to this subject of light from the beginning of Scripture to the end. And surely we can praise the Lord who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, like Saul of Tarsus, who saw that great light. That was above the brightness of the sun. We had been called to an everlasting light and the light of the glorious gospel of Christ has shined unto us. Now, when it comes to this subject, the Bible says the entrance of your word gives light. So if I want light, listen to this now. This this is where I began to, to, to move on. The, the, the word of God is is is. Uh, is remarkable, right? The entrance of your word gives light. You say, well, I, I, how, am I going to get uh, learn about my trade, learn about my career from the Bible? Well, uh, let's just say this. The entrance of God's word gives light. I have found in, 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 in my short life that, that God, just the same way that Jesus walked this earth and he was, here goes the carpenter, right? The carpenter. Isn't this the carpenter? They could watch him day in and day out as he went back and forth to work. Here's the carpenter who 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 now he's he's uh, molding these pieces of furniture when he wants uh, with his fingers. Psalm chapter eight, he, he ordained the sun, the moon and the stars. Can God give us light on our daily round of life and the circumstances in the career? Yes, he can. Praise the Lord for intelligence. But he can give us light, not only in the spiritual sense, but in the uh, physical, uh, social, mental sense as well. Now, have you ever noticed that when when it comes to the birth of the Savior, that night became day? And when it comes to the death of the Savior, that uh, that the uh, day became night. Did you notice that? Right here was was the shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. And what some of the children have quoted, uh, quoted it. That there they were in the dark of night and all of a sudden it became day because the glory of God did lighten that field where they were watching their sheep. So when the Savior came in, this momentous event, the shepherds saw this light. Night became day. But it when it time for the light to leave the world, right, the, the high noon from the sixth hour to the ninth hour became dark. What a scene that must have been when normally it was bright as can be. It became dark. Well, might the sun in darkness hide. We sometimes sing and shut his glories in when Christ, the mighty maker, died for man, his creatures sin. So there's a lot of contrast. We could go on that for a while as well. But I just want to think briefly with you just for a few minutes. We won't go to 1215. I don't think just briefly with you. The different responses to light. And I was overwhelmed when I when I when I uh, looked into these things. Uh, we read the Lord Jesus said of John the Baptist that he was a burning and a shining light. And you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. Now, I see that <clears throat> there are those. Here's a response. Rejoice in the light. Right. The light has come. A momentous event when Christ came into the world. But think about those that that he was speaking of there in John chapter five. Uh, those they did, they were willing for a season, just for a short time, to rejoice in the light. And oftentimes you see that, and I see that people are willing to listen if you, as you begin to share the light of the gospel. And there's a reaction. Wow, that happened. But it was just short lived, right? They rejoiced in it, but it was shut down. 
for whatever reason, shut down. So there were those that rejoiced in the light for just a short time. And then there's those in John chapter 3, that one of our verses that we read, that the light is come to the world, and our response should be to go to that light, all right? John chapter 3, we can uh, take a look at that there. That John chapter 3, every uh, one that... that uh, Doeth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. So there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, 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 the words of the Lord are those that are, there will, will be those that come to the light. Uh, that their deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now, just the same way, I'm not a, uh, don't have the green thumb, that kind of thing, but we need natural light, right, for the plants. And I'm told, you know, if you put the plants at a certain place, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna bend toward the light, right? They, they, they need light because of growth and so forth. Now, this becomes a good example for you and I, because if there's spiritual life in us, we're going to tend toward the light. We're not gonna back away. We're going to come to the light. Uh, and, and that's a good sign of, of, of spiritual life. It's a good test of our standing in Christ. The believer that know the one that knows the Lord Jesus as Savior will always tend towards spiritual things. Right. If, if one knows, says, I'm a Christian. I belong to the Lord Jesus. He's always going to tend towards spiritual things. Just the same way in the natural realm, right? The plants, they, they, wherever they're set, they, 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 they bend toward the light. And so if I know Christ is Savior, I'm going to come to the light. I'm going to take advantage of that light. I'm going to rejoice in that light, not for a season, but I'm just going to revel in that light. And it will be, a, uh, the, but the unbeliever, of course, does the opposite. All right, we're going to look at that a little later, but the unbeliever, he says, Oh, no. Uh, men love darkness rather than light. They call it night life, right? Night life. It's really death, right? The, 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 the world in which we live when people go, you know, on the night life, right? They get dressed up and they go out. And I, I often wonder what happens in this kind of a life, right? They, I guess they must sleep all day and I want to party all night, that kind of thing. Well, that's, that's what the world calls night life, but it really is not. It's death. And the uh, Job writes about that earlier in the New Old Testament in the dark. They dig into houses. They shut themselves up by day. They do not know the light. That's the kind of world that you and I live in. They do not know the light. But I wonder if you profess to be a believer, are you coming to the light? Am I do I find myself attracted to the light of God's word, attracted to the person of Christ, attracted to the Lord's people? Well, that's what the Bible says. The Lord Jesus has said, he that doeth, he that does truth comes to the light. And then there's this aspect of walking in the light. That's another response. And I find this extremely uh, helpful as I uh, read that the uh, we read of our our verse was in first John chapter three earlier. But here in uh, in uh, first John. If we say now, this is addressed to those that know that say, I know the Savior. If we say that we know him, what will happen? There is a corresponding action, right? If I say I'm a believer, if I say I have fellowship with him who is light, but I walk in darkness, I am lying and I am not doing the truth. If you read first John, you're going to be shocked at the at the words, at the concepts that are thrown at us. It's pretty rough to be called a liar, right? 
If I'm saying I have fellowship with the living God and I am not walking in that light, I am a liar and not in truth, not walking in the truth. Now, what's interesting here is we are here. If you're a believer, we are here not to learn how to live in the dark, but to walk in the light. Now, let's give an example of that, right? When I'm if, if I had if it was uh, darker now, right, if I shut off the lights, all of a sudden you wouldn't be able to see. Right. But after a while, your eyes begin to adjust. Right. And you're able to see those around. I remember as youngsters, we used to play a game and, uh, <clears throat> you know, in a room, we'd have a, a, a ball and try to hit the other ones that were in the room. But you'd, you'd, the light would be on and you turn the light off. Well, and then it would be off and on and all that kind of business. Well, I had a little trick. You know, I keep my eyes closed. When the lights uh, went on, I could I could still be in the dark. And when they come back on, I can see everybody that's around and I can peg them with that ball. Well, you know, our eyes adjust as as as, as the darkness as it gets uh, dark. You know, we at first we're stumbling around, but eventually they, they adjust. But that's not why we're here to learn to live in the dark. We're here to walk in the light. It's easy to adjust to the the circumstances around me, not to walk in the light, but just to adjust to the darkness. You know what the Bible calls that? Conforming to the world, right? Conforming to the world. I don't want to live like the world does. I don't want to use the language the world does. I don't want to laugh at the jokes the world does. I want to learn to walk in the light and not learn how to live in the dark. That, to me, is exceedingly important. The Lord is my light. And my salvation, says the psalm writer, whom shall I fear? With you, O Lord, is the fountain of light in thy uh, fountain of life and your light. Shall we see light? And then lastly, there are those that rebel against the light. Uh, again, we read that verse. There are those who rebel in Job against the light. They do not know its ways or abide in its path. Like those in John the Baptist say they were willing for a season to rejoice in the light, but it didn't last very long. Now, there's a concept that the Lord Jesus brings up. This was uh, quite interesting to me. That when he emphasized, not only in John chapter 8, but in John chapter 12, he emphasized the fact of this momentous event. When he came into the world, he said this, uh, I am come a light into the world that whoever believes on me should not abide or remain in the dark. Now, what that tells me is if I am not in Christ, I am in the dark, right? So when I'm born into this world, I am separated from God. I am disconnected from God. I am in the darkness. But when the light comes, I have uh, and, and I responded to that light. I believed on the Lord Jesus. I am come out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I'm not in darkness anymore. Right. I'm not in darkness anymore. I won't remain there. And that's the plea to, for us to not to remain in darkness. But while we have the light, he could say earlier in that chapter, while you have the light, believe in the light that uh, you may be the children of light. Now, here is a point that was shocking to me on this subject. Listen to this. If we were to have time here to look at all of John chapter eight, we would be amazed. Here's a simple question. What happens when the light of the world comes into the darkness of religion? 
What happens when the light of the world comes into the darkness of religion? If we were to look at John chapter 8, it is overwhelming. Here were these ritualistic religious people that were rejecting the light. But when he announced, I am the light of the world, some were convicted, some were not. Those that were convicted didn't last very long because he could say, if you really are my disciples, you'll continue in my word. But watch this. In uh, John chapter 8 that we referred to, there are those that were affected. And listen to the ones that were affected. This is what startled me. We'd have to go to Romans, but listen to this. They are religious people. They're strict in their religion, their ritual. And they think, according to Romans, that they are a light of them which sit in darkness. Now, follow me here. Here is religious people. They are a light of them which sit in darkness. Romans chapter 2, verse 19. That's what they think. Paul is, is denouncing them for not coming to the Savior, but, but rejecting the, the Savior. He says, you're a light. That's what you think. You're a teacher of babies. You're a light of those that sit in darkness. That's what they thought they were. But watch this. Now watch this. This is, this is astounding. If we had time to turn to Matthew chapter 6, we would see the Lord uses this phrase, beware that the light which is in you be not darkness. For if that light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now you say, what in the world did the Lord just say? Let me help you because it helped me. <clears throat> just the phrase. Think about it. If the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, now this, this, this is a shocker. This is a shocker. What the, what, let, me, let me give you the context first. The context that the light has been introduced into the world. Now, what he's doing in Matthew uh, chapter six, the the immediate context for this statement that the light which is in you is darkness. The immediate context, he's comparing earthly treasures and, and heavenly treasures. Don't lay up treasures on earth, lay up treasures in heaven. All right. And so he realized that there are going to be people around that aren't going to be able to understand and see this. So he uses an analogy, right? The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is good or single, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, you're going to be full of darkness. Oh, watch this. Oh, this is this is something. Matthew chapter six. This, 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 uh, there's so much we can do with this. And, 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 and it explains a lot of what goes on in the world. And I'm going to try to get you, get us through this in, in just a few minutes. The, the, the if your eye is bad, the whole body shall be full of darkness. OK, so here they were in the darkness of religion and the darkness of rejected light. That's what they were. That, that we're going to reject that light. That the immediate context is, no, that can't be. I'm not going to I am not going to lay up treasure in heaven. I can't see that. My financial uh, policy is such that I have this here, a CD, there are savings and so forth and so on. That's the immediate context. And he says, if the light that is in you, I've just given you light on the subject of financial freedom, <laughs> a financial policy, and you're not going to receive it. But if the light that is in you is darkness, in other words, they're going to say, oh, well, 
I know, but I have the light of human reason. And human reason says this. I know what the Lord says. He says, don't lay up treasure on earth. Don't have my bank accounts. Don't have my CDs. Don't have my 401ks. All this kind of stuff. If the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? That's the immediate context. No man can serve two masters. He doesn't want double uh, allegiance, right? One that says, oh, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can, I, can, I can serve money and I can serve God. That's the same context. But if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? They're rejecting the light that one that stood there and told them about the financial policy that every child of God should have. And they're rejecting it. Now. Let's let's move on to religion, because if, if, if it's applied to the Jew in Romans chapter two, oh, that's what you think. You're a light of those that sit in darkness. Oh, yeah. They have rejected the light. Light received brings light. Light rejected brings night. So here are those that are faithfully teaching their religion. They're standing teaching the word of God. Oh, I'm a light to those that sit in darkness. Guess what? The light that is in them is Darkness. He said it. The light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? Now, if he could say that to the Jew, you think you're a light of them that sit in darkness. No, no. You haven't received the light. You have rejected the light. So that tells me, brothers and sisters, that in the world in which I live, I can certainly apply it across the board to every. What do you think about spiritual enlightenment? Right. Eastern mysticism from Eastern mysticism and spiritual light to Christendom. It's all try standing in front of trying to enlighten people. But the light that is in them is darkness. How great is that darkness? Now, this is this is this is serious ground because, you know, we have the true light. That's that's a wonderful phrase in the Bible. The true light that came into the world. Jesus Christ, the Lord. So I drive by now. I'm driving down. Maybe you've seen it driving down 75 or whatever. Yeah, out there. And I see this magnificent building. Ornate, beautifully built it on the top an angel light, whatever it was. The people inside are called the church of Jesus Christ. Now, you tell me, is that light or is that darkness? OK, <laughs> No, it's not. It's darkness because they're Jesus. The ones that that the 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 church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is just an example. The church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's darkness. They have rejected the light. So every religion, we can just apply it by way of Romans chapter two. Every religion that they say, oh, the light. I'm a light of those that sit in darkness. No, no. Those that have rejected the true light that does give light to everyone that comes in the world. The light that is in them is darkness. How great is that darkness? To me, that was a very serious, serious matter. And I could not follow all of it, but I trust it will give it. It'll give us all food for thought. And then there's this. Oh, getting late here. Last aspect. There's a future aspect. Arise, shine. There's a future. What we have looked forward to. Arise and shine. The light has come. Isaiah chapter 60. Your light has come. That's a a reference, no doubt, to what is is yet coming when the light uh, will come in the second coming of the Lord Jesus. We who are here on earth, we look forward. uh, We look for a new heaven and a new earth. wherein dwelleth righteousness and we look for that great light when he will come. 
the glorious we are hearing this morning, the appearing of our Savior, the glorious appearing of him who will come. Now, <clears throat> lastly, you know, what I would like to suggest as a, as a um, summary to this is we have in our world, and perhaps all of us take advantage of it, we, we, we go out and get in the sun. They call them sunbathers, right? And it's good because you get free vitamin D, right? That's a good thing, right? And a little tan on my head. Well, I'm going to suggest that there's not, instead of S-U-N, sunbathers, we, we uh, bathe in the sunlight, S-O-N, of the Lord, right? On a daily basis. That's, 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 that's walking in the light. That's abiding in the light. That's coming to the light. And that should be your portion of mine on a daily basis. Do I have to go to a, uh, you, you know, if I was, if I was S-U-N bather, I would, you know, have to wait for the, the, uh, uh, a non-rainy day and so forth and go out and lay in the sun and all that kind of stuff. But have I, it, it's better, you know, w- when it comes to the light of the world, to bathe in the sunlight of, our, of his love, in the sunlight of his person, S-O-N. So there's the, you know, and we have that everywhere we look. There's the natural light of human reason, the natural light of conscience. But that fails us. That fails us, right? Because we've already learned if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? We need to examine everything we do according in, in conjunction with the light of God's holy word, right? Uh, in, in every aspect, the things I think, the, the things I do, uh, 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 the things I say and so forth, right? I need to uh, examine it in the, in the searchlight of God's holy word. So even though we have the natural light, um, we uh, we look to having the, the, the sunlight of God's word to uh, come to. One last point. In John chapter 11, the Lord made a, a strange statement, and I'll close with this. Uh, he's, he's in a, he's in a uh, very sad solemn scene two sisters or one sister came to him and then the other sister came later their brother was dead very sad scene he didn't go right away Lazarus was dead but the Lord said this uh, we're going to visit where he is in Judea we're going there to visit his disciples said no no he said don't you know, Lord, the Jews were trying to stone you when you went there. Don't go. Now watch what he says. I've always wondered. I still don't know if I have it exactly down. He said this. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. Essentially, what the Lord seems to be saying He says, I go. My night has not yet come. I have no need to fear about the Jews stoning me. No need to fear. I'm doing my father's will. It's not his will for me to go at that point. I can walk in the light. I am safe in the light of God's plan, essentially, is what he was saying. It's a time of walking and working and not worrying about the Jews. Now, as we close here. I would suggest that we can follow that same pattern. That as we come to the light of God's word. Are there not 12 hours in a day? Walk while you have the light. If I have, I should, as a child of God, come to the light, 
receive the light of the spirit, walk in that light, function in that light. And, you know, I don't have to run around scared thinking things are going to happen to me because God, if I'm abiding in the light, I'm going to have some sense about what's happening around me. Do I know everything? No, no. But Paul could say at the end of his life, I know. I mean, Paul could say the time of my departure is at hand. Peter could say, I'm about ready to put off this, my body, because the Lord has shown me that. I'm just suggesting to you that if we want to walk in the light, if we're aiming to walk in the light, we don't have to be like this. You know, oh, Jesus, if they were wanted Jesus to look over his shoulder. Oh, no, the Jews are going to get you. Watch out. No, no. He knew God's will. He knew God's plan. He didn't need to fear. He had the light of God's word. And so you and I can go on with confidence, walking in the light, abiding in the light. That was a momentous event. Right. Some 2000 years ago, but it still has its effect today as you and I go walking through life, aiming to walk in the light. Will we fail? Yes, we will fail. We will stumble, as the Lord said there at times. But the the aim is for all of us that profess to know the Savior, to walk in the light, to not walk. You know, what does it mean to walk in the darkness? That I'm, 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 I'm out here, the light is there, and I'm, I'm just not going to, I just don't want to get too close because I might be exposed. You think of that dear lady that was exposed. We heard it the other week, John chapter 4. This man, he told me, John chapter 4, all things that I ever did. He exposed her and he was willing to invite others. She was willing to invite others to him and they were coming to him. So in this little seasonal meditation, the light has come some 2000 years ago. The light has risen and we're going to be dwelling in that eternal light. He dwells in an unapproachable light. First Timothy six. But what about now? Day in and day out with the daily grind of life, we call it. Am I walking in the light? Is it a light according to this world or is it misjudged, misconceived light that that is really darkness? Serious thing to think of. I want to examine what I think and what I believe according to the light of God's word. Our father, we're thankful for the light has come. So uh, some 2000 years ago, light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. We recognize that our nature is such that we want to avoid light, like those roaches, like those insects, when the rock is lifted and they scatter. That's what we want to do sometimes. We recognize it because we're having such a good time, as it were. But, oh, Father, we thank you for the light, the true light that has come into the world. And it is our purpose to abide in the light, to walk in the light, to come to the light, not learn to live in the darkness but to allow the light of life to enlighten us and stay close, abiding in him as we await that coming day. When we're in that city of light, that city has no need of the sun, neither light of the moon, for the Lord God giveth them light, and the Lamb is the light thereof. We have a lot to look forward to. Help us on a day, day in and day out basis to know what it is to walk in the light. In his name we pray. Amen.